studio and you are listening to dance and culture around the world and um, this is my part two with Keti Sharif who uh, I will remind you is a ballet dancer who's been dancing since she's 17 years old um, she also teaches ballet dancing she lived in Cairo for 20 years where she performed to live music and um, and Katie's always been very, very interested in um, finding out a little bit more about the culture behind the music and all the different rhythms in belly dancing. And in the previous episode, we left off with Um Kalsum's music. Mm-hmm. Um, we will listen to another, will we listen to yes, another well, piece of Um Kalsum today? Perhaps, um, you know, one of her uh, very well-known songs was Enta Omri. Mm. And Enta Omri is uh, a trilogy, it's in three parts. And um, here's one of the parts. With Enta Omri, um, you, you feel it's very felt. The gentleman here is playing the kanun. The kanun's like a big sort of harp that's lying down. It's normally made from walnut. It's got like 42 horsehair strings and it's plucked. It's a very hard instrument to play. And kanun means the law in Arabic. So it's the instrument that rules <laughs> the whole uh, takt mm. ensemble. Now, when a dancer is dancing to the kanun, it sort of makes you tremble and quiver. You know, it's very gentle. If you're dancing to the oud, you, you're kind of uh, working with this round, bubbling sort of sound. If you're dancing to the kamenga, the violin, you're stretching across your shoulders. If you're dancing to the accordion, you're opening your heart because it's like the lungs, right? And if you're dancing to the nay or um, the koala, you're going through the windpipe, through the shoulders, you're really elevating your energy. So it's interesting that all the Arabic instruments, including the tabla, which just looks like our hips, right? Our, mm. our hips, sort of bony on the outside, soft on the inside. A bit like a woman. Yeah, like a woman. <laughs> and um, it's interesting that all the instruments, where they're played, is often where they're danced. So there's a natural resonance between the Arabic music. So um, with Enta Omri, you can hear a really uh, delicate, elegant uh, kanun, and you can feel the space. So if you can imagine, a belly dancer is not always shaking around. In fact, sometimes you're doing nothing. You're just waiting for the music. And I teach musicality, which means we dance and surrender to the music. The music is what leads your dance. It's not from the head. It's not from thinking. Mm. You just surrender. Let yourself feel the music. And I always love dancing to Enta Omri because it's so sensitive. So we're going to listen to a snippet of Enta Ombre. feel like dancing now (laughs) it's very beautiful music it's emotive so whether you're listening to the music or dancing to it it definitely uh, has a soulful connection do you Mm. feel that yes totally Mm. yes so um 
Om Kalsum, the tabla, we've, we're, it's, there's something feminine uh, in, in, the, in the matter right now, in the mm. air. Yes, um, yes. What's, what's the role of women in belly dancing, apart from the dancing part? Mm -hmm. um, how can women relate to, um, to Egyptian music? Mm, Egyptian music and dancing. Now, the truth is that from the pharaonic dynasties, women were dancing, women were performing, and of course it was, um, you know, both sacred and, and for parties. So, you know, we always have those aspects. We have the dance that is more spiritually connected, and then we have the dance that is more social, cultural, or, or, or fun. It, it's there for festivities. And um, just for example, we have, um, I made a video here of the Tsar band. Now these uh, Tsar groups are basically almost like they're, you know, they're spiritual groups because they're led by women drummers. So they do have men in the group as well, but in the Tsar groups, they tend to be women led because the women play the duff, which is like a frame drum. And women were always really frame drummers from a long time ago, from uh, pre-dynastic Egypt until today. You find that most Arabic women can hold a duff rhythm really well. And you find that when you're looking at this czar ritual, the women, they sing Islamic songs normally. They're very deep and soulful, more on the Sufi side, let's say. And there's a lot of frame drumming by the women and the men. It starts slowly and then it builds into something ecstatic. Mm. And these shows, let's say, can go for hours. Okay, and they're basically a cathartic experience, which means you gently start to sway if you're in the audience or if you're one of the family partaking in this ritual. You begin to sway. And there's a, a swaying gentleness with a doof, with the music. But then it builds to a frenzy and it can go for hours. Like in the old wow. days, they used to sacrifice a goat or a, a small camel or something and roast it. It would take six hours. And while it's roasting by the Nile, these musicians would play. And then, you know, after eating, it was like a big party. And then people would go into trance, like pure trance. And the music gets so fast and heated and the drumming is so powerful. And... Uh, it's clapping, it's like thunder, but it's fast that you go into a trance and a lot of women start to spin their head around like this because there's nothing else you can do except like shake and spin. And apparently, um, let's say in Islam, they believe that the jinn lives in the hair. The spirit inhabits a woman's hair. And that's one of the reasons the women uh, do wear their veils because the jinn is a little bit enticing, right? And by shaking this jinn out of your hair, out of your uh, spiritual self you can cleanse yourself now a lot of women do these czar ceremonies because they're doing a spiritual catharsis they go in frustrated just from everyday life they shake 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 and they come out fine so this is one one area where it's very woman dominated but also of course belly dancing as it shifts its shape <laughs> over the years it's a feminine art Oh, very nice. Do, do, do we have a bit of um, Tsar music to listen to? I actually have footage of the Tsar, ah. which um, we can cut to now. Okay.
So um, this is all very exciting, bizarre, uh, this whole catharsis thing I love. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there is also a very classical form of belly dancing and classic, a classical form of the music oh, as well. very much so. We have beautiful classical music throughout the Middle East, from Egypt to Iraq, Jordan, uh, Syria. Syrian musicians are amazing. You know, such elegance in their classical technique because musicians, they took their art seriously. And when you've got an art that's taken seriously but also a lot of heart and soul in your art, you're going to get beautiful music. So we've got the ballady music that's often very progressive, like it starts slow and then it kind of has question and answer and builds up. And from this, we, we have another stream of music that starts to evolve, which is classical which takes on more of the uh, European orchestral experience. And with this classical music, it's very refined, um, very nimble. And uh, we have a dance called the Rock Sharky, the dance of the East, which is elevated. It's normally a solo dancer on stage and she's one dancer with maybe an orchestra of 50. And she's there to entertain the people, but also take them on a journey. This is a little different from today's entertainment, like at a wedding, where it's just about to, it's about exciting the people. So when we're on stage with a Raksharki artist, it's a different experience, and the classical music, there's one called Niptiri Min Elakeya, for example. Um, we have these beautiful songs, uh, oh gosh, we have Abdel Halim Hafez, uh, Mohammed Wahab, a lot of very good artists were composing songs that then belly dancers were dancing to. Mm. And uh, I think that was an era that elevated the arts, the 50s, 60s and early 70s, mm. let's say. So here's a sample, Niptiri Min Elakeya. sounds familiar can you tell me where I might have heard yeah. it you, you would have you would have um, well your parents you know uh, from your own Lebanese heritage you may yeah. have heard it somewhere it's a very famous song it's interesting because sometimes these Arabic songs they travel to other countries and for example this song traveled to Greece where it was turned into a big hit called Tamavra Matiasu which means your black eyes ah. and um, the Greeks of course they, they claimed this as their piece of music and some of them don't actually know it has Arabic roots so a lot of songs tend to start moving around and of course then we've even got 
let's say a lot of Syrian and Lebanese people who ended up uh, migrating to Brazil. So Nebtirimin uh, Elakea ended up uh, migrating and, and sort of going into Greek music where the Greeks called the song Tamavra Matiasu, which means your black eyes. And that's like a belly dance classic. And a lot of these songs travel around the world, like you'll find with a lot of Syrians and Lebanese who migrated to Brazil, for example, mm. you start to get a kind of mixture and fusion of mm. Arabic and Latin. So they work beautifully together as yeah. well. You do hear a lot of um, uh, Spanish songs, for example. I'm not really sure about Portuguese. I haven't really heard any, but in Spanish songs, you hear a lot of influence from Arabic music. Hugely. Um, and hugely. there were a lot of um, the Moors who went to Spain also must have That's done right. That. That's right. We have Andalusian music mm. that is really, um, you know, Arabic-inspired music. And actually Andalusian music is like the um, predecessor of flamenco. A lot of the Andalusian rhythms are, you know, just came before the flamenco rhythms. And that's something that Sam also is researching now because of course he's got the Latin background and, yes. and Arabic and he loves the fusion. Yes. So just for example, uh, with, with the Latin music um, influences, if we look at Andalusian music, now that became famous in Egypt because the Reda troupe decided to do a, a tableau one year for Ramadan. Every Ramadan there's a month of you know amazing TV shows for people because they're, they're, they're kind of celebrating at home. And they had to come up with something interesting. So they took 600-year-old um, music and poetry, Andalusian poetry, strophic poetry with lots of images, and they turned it into a flowing dance. So Farida dressed in a beautiful gown with long sleeves and um, uh, Ali uh, Ismail, the composer, he wrote Andalusian music. And they just came up with this stunning uh, tableau, so beautiful and flowing. So one of the rhythms, for example, is a 10-8 rhythm. It's called the Samai. It goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, and then you start again. So here's like a sample of that rhythm. It's called the Samai Takil. It's a beautiful rhythm. It's a 10-8. Sounds very familiar because, um, of course, um, I've been dancing with you, and um, and you've often taught us this um, ten eight rhythm. <laughs> That's right, and you've played it right with yeah. Sam. So with Sam, yes. it's wonderful, Monique. You've played the rhythms and danced to them. So that's. I think that's fabulous for a belly dancer to be able to play them and dance. So this rhythm's beautiful. So you find you will go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> so there's a lot of breath in the Andalusian rhythms. And see, uh, you may, may know Feroz, uh, yes, the singer. Yes, of course. So for example, there's a song called La Mabada. And a lot of the Arabic people know this song. It, it means as he, it's about um, a man and how he moves is like a swaying tree. She mm. says the way he moves is like a tree swaying. I think that's got roots from the old Osiris um, mysteries where Osiris's 
casket actually was grown into a tree in one of the big gardens. Mm. So I think there may have been some um, allegory there. But here's a sample Lama Bada with a beautiful 10 8 rhythm. Arabic music fuse into like this Latin fusion that we talk about? Well, of course, we've got uh, Andalusian Spain, so we have that very original Latin fusion, we'd say. And um, the Latin rhythms, so many of them, I know this because of you know what Sam talks to me about all the time. He plays congas and bongos and uh, timbales and all of this, but he says it's amazing that so many of the Arabic rhythms uh, are so similar to the Latin rhythms. It's almost like one feeds into the other. Mm. A lot of the Nubian rhythms, for example, my God, they're so similar to you know some of the the Brazilian rhythms. Really? Very, it's very yeah. interesting. My friend um, Nasser Salimi, he comes from France originally, and he's got a wonderful background. I think uh, Algerian, Lebanese, Italian, wow. and um, <laughs> then he he is like Sam. He plays congas and all the Latin percussion and he also plays Arabic tabla so he's also a composer and here's a song uh, he wrote called Tango Serai where he's using tango kind of influences so this is a really enjoyable one to dance to as well Tango Serai very modern so I think that's a good segue to start talking maybe about the modern um, Egyptian music yes. or Arabic music in general but more specifically Egyptian music mm. oh god it's a, it's a huge worldwide musical market the Arabic music market and what's really interesting about Arabic music is that um, I don't know if you know this but in Egypt there's still quite a large illiterate population mm. So, uh, when you go driving through Cairo down the streets, you see all these billboards with faces of the musicians. And you notice that, you know, how Pink Floyd had their triangle and stuff. Arabic musicians don't do that. They always just have their face. And that's because of the illiteracy. A lot of people will just see the musician's face 
good memory and okay I want that musician so this is how they sell their music usually mm. in Egypt on the billboards it's the musician the face the attitude and um, modern Arabic music is it's very powerful in their in their lives they're listening to it day and night in the taxis um, in their homes at parties and of course you know the belly dancer also now dances to the modern stuff not so much classical anymore it's modern it's either shabi or uh, your more modern orchestrals so um, you may know Hakim he was one of the original shabi guys he was a car mechanic turned mm. musician so they all love him for example here's an older song from about like 20 years ago when when shabi was just coming through it's called Efred. so this is the kind of vibe you're going to get from the modern music And you know what happens when you've got lots of energy in the music you get lots of energy in the dancing and as music changed from traditional Saidi to Baladi which was soulful and progressive Baladi morphed into classical music which was very refined uh, the dancing became refined and then classical music got a kind of modern fusion edge and now we have Shabi which is actually cheeky and political and um, the young people love it it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it also brings about a different dance style in the body it's bouncy it's strong the woman's body isn't as like curvy and sensual anymore it's cheekier you know there's a mm. lot of bounce but that also brings out a little bit of the ballady heart because that's there as well so if you want to listen to some of the real shabby uh, today I'll play you a piece now it's very strong now remember this is going to change a dancer's movement and this is Often where it goes to today at weddings and parties, they love a dancer to come on with a mini skirt, not wearing very much, and just dance in a very hot kind of way to this Sharpie. That's what's in right now. Is it everyone's um, taste? Maybe not. You know, the classical dancers find it a little aggressive. The young dancers love it. So uh, I'm going to leave that with you. This is where we finish up. Uh, there's a, a strong powerful change in the dance <laughs> excellent conclusion <laughs> <laughs> again it, you know it's where it's going today yeah. it's a reflection of our day and age would you consider this um, being like commercial music it's commercial but it's also political mm. a lot of political changes happening and there's a little bit of an aggressive streak there so you're gonna see different mm. dance moves emerge and again it's purely um, objective you know as to how you feel about it well, this concludes our podcast on um, belly dancing, about um, dancing and culture around the world. And um, thank you so much, Ketty, for all this, all these explanations on all the different types of music and um, the different contexts of belly dancing. And um, yeah, 
We'll see yeah. you sometime soon. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. much for giving me this opportunity to um, explain you. and share a bit maybe, about dance. Maybe next time you can tell us about Isis Frises. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Katia. <laughs>